I don't know what happened that day. He was petrified because something happened and your comment to me was, Mr. Sosnick, you're becoming increasingly useless to me. Now, this is over 20 years ago. <laughs> you were known for having a bit of a temper in those days. Do you feel that you've mellowed uh, over time without changing your intensity to the business? Uh, I certainly mellowed and I my intensity in the business has diminished somewhat also, but not my enjoyment. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> You're listening to Traders Insight Radio by Interactive Brokers. Find more podcasts and daily market commentary at tradersinsight.news. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Let's get started. Welcome back to our second installment of our conversation with Thomas Petterfee, founder and CEO of Interactive Brokers. In this segment, we get Thomas's thoughts on inflation, cryptocurrencies, the future of gold, and more. Let's get started. So I want to relate a story to the listeners. One of my colleagues who just retired after almost 20 years with the firm, his, he had been working in Europe, came back to Greenwich. His first day back on the desk, we're trading something. And, you know, so, so the people don't know, you, you used to sit just off the trading desk. So literally you would, I, I'll tell you the truth. I had a picture frame with a mirror in it so I could see when you'd come up behind me. I think the statute of limitations is, is over. I could tell that story, but I had a picture with a large mirrored frame so I could see when you were coming. And I don't know what happened that day. But he was petrified because something happened and your comment to me was, Mr. Sosnick, you're becoming increasingly useless to me. Now, this is over 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't remember what the incident was. It was clearly minor because I'm still here. Um, but you were known for having a bit of a temper in those days. Do you feel that you've mellowed uh, over time without changing your intensity to the business? Uh, I certainly mellowed and I my intensity in the business has <laughs> diminished somewhat also, but not my enjoyment. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> One thing that's gotten a lot of press recently um, was, was the story that you've have a you know hands off embrace let's say with cryptocurrencies you know we have you know we were it was so misinterpreted so when when the chicago merck listed crypto futures i was lobbying for a high margin requirement i was all in favor of listing crypto futures but i said to them that look Nobody knows what this crypto is worth. It, at that time, they were trading at ten or twelve thousand dollars a Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So I said, "Look, it can go up or down in any amount. Basically, it could drop to zero and go to a hundred thousand dollars all in one day. So if you're charging a six thousand dollar margin requirement on the short, many clearing firms on on the Merck are." not very well capitalized. So if, if they carry the, sh and, and they happen to be the ones to, <laughs> who who people with not much money go to trade with because they don't charge much margin and they charge very low, little brokerage. And if say the, the cryptocurrency would triple overnight, they would all go bust. And then it's the well 
funded clearing members like interactive brokers that has to pick up the pieces. So that's what I was worried about. And that's why I said that low margin requirement could destabilize the entire financial system. And so the result was that they somewhat increased the margin requirement, but I still feel that, you know, a, a very, very large jump in the price would could be a big problem. Yeah, that, that, that I think that's something that most people don't really grasp is the idea that clearing firms, there's a mutual nature to them. Um, and to a certain extent, the best managed firms are at the mercy of the worst managed firms in terms of right. having to kick in. Um, but right. lately, but the other part of the story that got a lot of press was that you've moved some of your money into crypto. And I know well, crypto resonates with people. So I, if it, you could explain. It's a small amount. And, uh, but I think it's the prudent thing to do to, to have, uh, I mean, if you happen to be wealthy like I am, I can afford to put enough money into crypto on which I can survive. Everything else becomes worthless. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was where I was going to go. Is this is, right. this this is this is in a sense your disaster put as well. Um, against... Right, absolutely. <laughs> I always I make sure that I survive. <laughs> okay, so so just to put it back into like option terms, for the you know many of our listeners, this is this is in effect you're out of the money put on fiat currency, I guess, or an inflationary hedge rather than a an investment thesis per se. Right. Right. Okay. right. Um, I, I don't want to necessarily open this can of worms, but what do you think could put us into such a dire situation where that put comes into the money, so to speak? Well, it's basically people losing faith in the currency. So the United States has always been the, the not always, but say for the last hundred years or so, the strongest reserve currency all over the world. But uh, we're beginning to have issues because the deficit is accumulating at a very, very rapid pace. At, at this time, when, when the deficit is uh, $29.3 trillion, uh, not the, the, the debt, is $29.3 trillion, and just yesterday I read that the uh, Fed had uh, put out $8.6 trillion or something like that in... in uh, their purchase, bond purchases. Uh, so that's altogether $38 trillion out there. It's an awful lot of money circulating. And uh, it's given at the same time that we have supply issues. Uh, there is a lot of money chasing uh, a limited amount of goods. And that results in inflation. So now we have this situation where the Fed feels that they have to raise rates to, to slow the inflationary pressures. But as they raise rates on the debt, the debt service becomes more and more intolerable to the ex and, and that just adds to the deficit. So uh, the higher they raise the rates, the higher the deficit becomes. And the higher the deficit becomes, the more the inflationary pressures 
prevail and and so it's i don't see how we can get out of this so the fact is that we have to get used to accumulating more and more and more debt every year and that will go with rising inflation now i'm not saying all the time every year but in most years we will have substantial inflation and it will rise eventually to to a level where it will hit double digits and at one point people will begin to doubt the the value of money and at that time we'll have a big problem so a scenario that you've described behooves you a to be a borrower because you're paying back your loans with deflated currency and b to have real assets yeah, absolutely. So when you see the money value of money deteriorating, what do you buy? You can basically buy real estate or you can buy stocks or you can buy art. So look, uh, the Fed is saying, OK, we raise the rates to one percent. So interactive brokers currently lends at one percent at that time. If they raise it by one to one percent, they will lend at two percent. If inflation is still five percent, so it pays everybody to borrow money from interactive brokers at 2% and put it into goods whose value is, goes up by 5%, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know how to stop this. Now, one thing you didn't mention was gold. And we, we have started trading gold on behalf of customers. Do you feel that fits in with the thesis and it's just out of favor? Or do you feel it's been superseded by cryptocurrency in some way? So I'm, I'm stunned by the behavior of gold. I only have one explanation that whenever people ask me about gold, I say, OK, how much gold did you have in mind? And I say, well, maybe a million dollars worth. I say, OK, so imagine yourself carrying a million dollars worth of gold. You can do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, as long <laughs> as you as have your gold somewhere in a vault that that you trust that you can always get to uh gold is a very um, impractical uh store of value relative to digital assets right yeah the the the, the, the flip side being like in Kazakhstan, where they shut down the internet and people couldn't get to their cryptocurrency. But that's probably less of a permanent scenario than a, than a, than a um, temporary one. Um, well, that's a point, right? So some gold <laughs> coins always enough in your pocket just, just that you can carry is, is not a bad idea. And as a matter of fact, when I uh, realized this whole issue without this permanent looking inflationary pressures. About three years ago, I bought an equivalent of amount of gold and Bitcoin. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> diversifying your disaster put as as it were. Right. Sure. Um, you know, we we've been talking so much about, you know, the, the past and the present. You know, is there just let's talk about trading for a moment. And here's a here's a trading question. Would you rather catch a turning point or a trend? I don't think people can reliably catch turning points that I think that's impossible. Uh, trends are easier, but of course, 
which we say, how do you know when the trend turns, right? <laughs> so since you can't catch the turning point, you can catch when the trend turns. So, but the fact is that that look uh, in a rising market or a falling market, the next day is more likely to be like the previous day was. That's also markets have serial runs trend followers have made a lot of money and uh, i do not know too many people who have consistently made money catching turns although some chartists are very good okay so it goes back to the theory catch the trend but have a defined exit or be careful in, in case the trend turns against you would be sort of the, the so I've never been very good at uh, as a trader. I've been very good as a market maker only because I was always focusing on low transaction cost. Okay. <laughs> what, what, if any, are your regrets? What do you regret over all these years in the business, either not doing or having, having done? Well, I think that, you know, whatever we did, we, we never did it early enough and never did it fast enough and never did it with as much conviction as we should have. Okay. That's so I, I think we could have done everything we have done sooner and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so but that, I was half chicken. <laughs> so, so I would say you're that measuring it would be more of an opportunity costs than actual than actual costs. Just okay. Right. Um, we've been talking for a long time. We're probably going to end up splitting this into a couple of different podcasts. Is there anything else that you'd really want people to know about you or the firm or just something we haven't touched on? Well, what, what I would like people to know is that we have been unable to convey how hard we are working to make in the interactive brokers platform really much, much better than anything out there anything because you know competition is 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 very intense but often our customers say how is it possible that your platform is is so much better it has so many more tools and so many facilities and your executions are so much better why isn't everybody on your platform and i just don't know what to say. That's, that <laughs> I, I, I've been don't know. I don't. I've been trying to figure that out for the last thirty years, and I don't know the answer. Where we are failing somewhere. We are failing to convey uh, the the benefit that we can extend to our customers. It's tough. I mean, so much of it is is perception of. I do think some of it comes down to ease of use. I think there is a perception that we're, because the platform is so encompassing, it is therefore harder. And that, that is a yeah. bit something ease to overcome. Of, ease of use is a problem, but it's strangely enough, I mean, you know, the, 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 more, the more capabilities you offer, the more confusing it becomes. I mean, I know my, my story with my own iPhone. I, there are so many things and that I don't know how to do on the iPhone. And, and as they make it easier, it crops up for me when it when I don't want it to. <laughs> you know, so it's just, just all kinds of things I didn't want it to do. 
If somebody one day will figure out how to grow a platform's capabilities without making it more complicated to use, that will be the ultimate winner. <laughs> so UI, a UI engineer somewhere who's listening to this, um, please, please, please bring in. Um, Thomas, we've been I, talking for about 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, we've been talking for about 45 minutes. I think we're going to wrap it up here. There's plenty of information I think the listeners will, will love. Um, I obviously really appreciate you taking the time uh, to help make this podcast a success. And um, I want to just thank you. Thank you very much. And looking forward to future podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. As am I. <laughs> Great. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Traders Insight Radio. As always, there's more content at tradersinsight.news. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education materials such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry, or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments. Those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice. Futures are not suitable for all investors. The amount you may lose may be greater than your initial investment. Before trading futures, please read the CFTC Risk Disclosure. A copy and additional information are available at IBKR. Trading in digital assets, including cryptocurrencies, is especially risky and is only for individuals with a high risk tolerance and the financial ability to sustain losses. Eligibility to trade in digital asset products may vary based on jurisdiction.